It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Crossover Thursday this week, uh, as the Packers get set to take on the Detroit Lions in week 17 for what seems like the millionth year in a row. And uh, Matt Derry from Locked on Lions is going to join us in a little bit. I just, before we get to that, I want to just reset here because it's been a couple days. I hope everyone had a good holiday, uh, a, a very Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, the the eight crazy nights, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so now we, we are back on track talking about football and, and trying to get set for what's going on here as we move forward with the Packers, who are still in a position to get a buy. Just in case you forgot, I want to remind everyone that Green Bay, with a win in Week 17, locks up a first-round buy. No worse than the two-seed if they beat the Detroit Lions. They can still get the one-seed. So they win. It's an early game. Green Bay wins. They're a 13-3 team. If Seattle beats San Francisco on Sunday night, Green Bay becomes the number one overall seed. If San Francisco wins, they are the number one overall seed. Green Bay is the two seed and would have to go to San Francisco in a potential NFC championship game. It goes without saying Green Bay would much rather be the one seed. This is uh, not any kind of secret. Everyone would rather play at home. And in particular, you'd rather not have to go to San Francisco in a place that has been a major problem for the Packers in the playoffs and was the site of their ugliest performance of the season this year. So Green Bay has a lot on the line still in a game in Week 17 against a bad Lions team, a team that that is a mess with injuries. They're on their third quarterback. David Blau is going to be the, the guy to go this weekend, but there's still plenty of talent on this team. They would love nothing more than to beat the Packers. And so this is a game that Green Bay is still going to have to bring the intensity. They they have to guard against a letdown. I mean, if you watched the interview with Zadarius Smith uh, after the game on NFL Network, he and Preston gave an interview with Tom Pelissero, and Zadarius was in tears. And, you know, they, they've worked very hard to get to this point. And, and certainly, you know, this is a, a team that, has coalesced in a way I don't think a lot of people anticipated. Zadarius is new to this. He has, you know, carried the weight of a, a team that he's really the leader of and and a defense that that won the game for this team on Monday night. Not everyone believes in this team still. 
and they can use that. I mean, there is still going to be a chip on their shoulder. You know, David Bakhtiari mentioned it after the game. This team understands that there are still a lot of, of doubters out there. And so they have to carry that that intensity. They have to carry that mindset into a game against a bad Lions team that is still equipped, you know, with Kenny Galladay and their explosive potential on offense. Carry on Johnson sounds like it's going to play in this game, even though it doesn't mean anything to them. I don't know why they would do that, but that is Matt Patricia all the way. Darius Slay is still a very good cornerback. They still have pass rushers who can give Green Bay issues. And, and that was an issue the last time these two teams played. The only team to score more than 16 points against the Packers in the NFC North was Detroit. Now, that was with Matthew Stafford. That was with a, a healthier complement of skill position players. But this Lions team is not to be trifled with. You still have to go out. You want to put your your exclamation point on the game. And, and that's going to be the task in front of Green Bay in this game. So w- without any further ado... Uh, I want to be as respectful of your time as I can be because it's still the holidays. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you are still with family. So let's get to our crossover edition. Matt Derry is on the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Derry Speaks. He is the host of Locked on Lions. He's also a Syracuse alum, which is just another reason to like him. Matt, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Let's jump right in here. What's interesting is, from a NFC North standpoint, uh, this was the game that always mattered more. Yes, Green Bay clinched with a win in Minnesota, but they could have lost to the Vikings uh, on Monday night and still gone to Detroit and beat the Lions. So really, this this was a game that that always meant a little bit more from a um, you know a guarantee standpoint. But now it, it looks like you know Green Bay, if they went out, they're the two seed at worst. And, and still could be the one seed if Seattle pulls off the upset uh, at home against the 49ers. So th- this is becoming a little bit of a tradition now, it seems like, Packers-Lions in Week 17 with with <laughs> with various amounts on the line the last few years. It hasn't mattered much to either team, um, and, and now we're in a position. The last time it mattered, I think, to either team, uh, it mattered to both, right? And now it matters just to the one. Yeah, it was a few years ago, and obviously last year the Lions, for some odd reason, decided to play a really complete football <laughs> game and screw up their draft status and not be able to get a guy like Josh Allen or, or, or Devin White who really could help their defense. Instead, they take T.J. Hawkinson at mm-hmm. eight, and, and not, it's not the kid's fault. He had, a, he had a rough year, though, placed on IR. He's missed the last few games with an ankle. He had a concussion. He had one really uh, incredible game, which was his first game against Arizona, but kind of been the way the Lions season has gone Pete it's just been a, a complete and utter, utterly uh, utter disaster and now staring at nine straight losses and to me I see no way that the Packers system come in and roll yeah were you surprised when when the news came I mean not surprised from like a did it take you off guard but just from a like a logic standpoint uh, about what happened with what with the reporting around Matt Patricia and and his apparent confidence within the organization that that he's the guy moving forward I mean, not, not that ever surprises you with this ownership group and the Ford family. And, and unfortunately, you know, I've been saying that the Lions need to, to, to break from this from this crew and start over. Hire a real team president of football, then hire a general manager, and then hire a coach. And I, and I like in the situation of what goes on in Green Bay with, with Murphy, Gutekunst, and, uh, and LaFleur. I, I think that would be the model way to do it. The Lions elected not to do that. They're not making any... Big changes, although I think Paul Pasqualoni, the defensive coordinator, will be gone after this year. They'll make a couple of other minor coaching moves in terms of assistance. But no, Bob Quinn, the general manager, who stood up in front of the media two 
years ago after firing Jim Caldwell and said nine and seven isn't good enough, is now nine twenty and one uh, with what he has in Matt Patricia over the last two years, and it's it, it's a complete disaster and kind of a one eighty with you guys in Green Bay, huh? I mean, they hire Lafleur and look at them, they're rolling. Yeah, and and I think there has been this this strange dissonance to me between the conversation around Aaron Rodgers and the conversation around Matt LaFleur because it seems to be the consensus is, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers in in name. Uh, he can still do amazing things, but he's a diminished version of himself. Okay, let's let's just stipulate to that. And yet the Packers are 12-3. and three. They could be a top-two seed. And Matt LaFleur does not seem to be anywhere near the coach of the year conversation, specifically because he has Aaron Rodgers, who, as we just said, is by agreement from most people, I think, a diminished version of his former self. Certainly not the guy he was in 2011 or the guy he was in 2014. Not even the guy we saw during that run-the-table stretch in 2016. It, it, it is weird that he has not received the kind of credit that that I think he deserves. And it's because we we have what I believe to be a too narrow view of, of what it means to be a coach. We think of great coaches and we think of Sean McVay and his ability to create innovative offense and Andy Reid and his ability to adapt and change and call plays, we don't think as much about culture. We don't think about someone like John Harbaugh who says, we have a transcendent talent at quarterback in a very specific way, and so we are going to build not just an offense but a team around him. And Matt LaFleur came to Green Bay, said on the first day, I mean, Billy Turner was on our show talking about this, on the first day saying, I know you guys have been here You've done it a certain kind of way for a long time. We're going to do it this way. And he changed the culture. And and the players, to a man, have talked about what a difference it has been in the room. It's it's There's more energy. There's more life. There's more verve. It, it's more of a back and forth with the players and not in a way that is, I think, unhealthy for a team that maybe isn't as good. You know, that's it's all well and good to be a player's coach when you're 12, going to be, you know, 13 and 3. It's different when you're going to be three and thirteen, right? So, I, I think um, you know we'll, we'll still see a lot of of um, revelations about him as a play caller and that kind of thing. But as a tone setter and a culture setter, Matt Lafleur has been awesome this year, and it was right, Matt, the, the kind of thing they expected Matt Patricia to do coming from New England to change the culture. Yeah, I mean, I, look, the culture didn't really need changing because Jim Caldwell was a player's coach. The guys loved him. They just they just felt like they needed to make a change and get better in wins and losses and, and take that next step. Caldwell got him to the playoffs twice in four years. Caldwell won 11 games and won nine games twice. So nine games technically three times. But what's gone on here over the last couple of years has been ugly. Uh, last year was, was worse from a culture standpoint. It seems like more guys are bought in this year. And yes, the Lions... Even in a week, whatever week was was last week, 16 game against Denver gave effort. Mm-hmm. They could have gone out to Mile High and gotten smoked. And look, it was 27-17, but they're playing a third string quarterback and they're playing a fourth string middle linebacker. All these things. Injuries have been bad. They've got 17 players on injured reserve, uh, including of course Matthew Stafford. Carry on Johnson is now back and will play Sunday against the Packers and played last week, so they have their best running back, but. No, culture change, forget that. It was just about we need to win and win big games. You know, Quinn said when he fired Caldwell, we didn't win enough big games. You know, Jim won games, but we didn't win enough big games. Now they can't win it. Now they can't win anything. So it's you know, it's 
it's a sad state of affairs to go six and ten, and then three, uh, three twelve and one. They're, they're about to be three twelve and one. They're going to lose Sunday, and uh, and bring the whole band back together. But that's what ownership wants. They they like Bob and Matt, and they're giving them one last crack here. Now I felt like early in the season watching the Lions that that they were a little bit of an underrated team. That they, you know, they gave. If you look at the four the four other games in the division, Detroit played Green Bay the toughest. They're the only team to score more than sixteen points against Green Bay this season in the NFC North, uh, and it and it took some some Rogers heroics and a little bit of help from the referees to secure that win early in the season. But I felt like this this Lions team was going the right direction, and then all of a sudden things fell apart. Is it as simple as just Matthew Stafford got hurt? The defense all of a sudden regressed. I mean, what? Where did it all go wrong this season? Because as I said, I I liked this team and the way they were playing early in the year. No, when we uh, when the Lions went to Green Bay, whatever date that was in, the, in October for the Monday night game, the Lions were robbed. I mean, you're right. The officials did a, a horrendous job. And those defensive uh, hands-to-the-face mm-hmm. calls on Trent Flowers were not. And cost them the game, plain and simple. Now, did the Packers come back and win? Yes. Were we all angry at the time as, as people that support the Lions and wanting them to do well? Sure. But we also didn't realize at the time that that was the beginning of, wow, this defense, when they need to make a play, when they need to get a stop, they just don't do it. And they didn't do it that day. Uh, that night in Green Bay, even though they got no help, and it was uh, it was an un- it's been an unmitigated disaster, like I said before. But yes, that was really the last game, the Green Bay game on the road, where people were completely bought in and thought, "Wow, they're going to go into Lambeau and win, and, and the season's going to take off." And then after that, the balloon just popped. So, you know, I, I think on the other side, you'll tell me, Peter, right, that uh, the Packers were lucky to win that game, but have played much better since then, and. Here they are sitting at twelve and three. That's incredible. Yeah, it, it especially in the first half. I mean, you go back and look. I mean, Detroit. They came out. They had the flea flicker. They created some big plays, and and Green Bay had to come back in the second half. They, Green Bay has played, especially defensively, much better. That was in in a stretch where they couldn't stop giving up big plays. You look at this defense now over the last really six weeks. They've been outstanding. Zadarius Smith. I mean, for anyone who watched Monday night, three and a half sacks. Uh, NFL Next Gen has a stat of, of quarterback disruptions. It's sacks, hurries, pressures, and hits. And Zadarius Smith leads the league in that stat. 81 quarterback disruptions. This was his seventh game of six or more quarterback disruptions on Monday. He's been awesome. And he's really unlocked this defense in a way that uh, I don't know that that we saw coming into the year. I mean, I thought he would be good. I, I thought he was an underrated player at Baltimore. But even the Ravens privately were like, that's that's too much money and they wanted him back but not at, at the number anywhere near what Green Bay paid him and he's been underpaid if anything this year uh he he his ability to play all over the field their run defense changed when they realized that they could move him around and treat him as a rover a lot uh, in the same way that that Seattle uses Jadavion Clowney the way that that the Texans use Jadavion Clowney frankly and, you know, there there was a, a stat I saw from Zach Cruz, who writes for Packers Wire. Um, in, in recent NFL history, players with at least 13 sacks, 35 QB hits, and 17 tackle for losses in a single season. Okay? J.J. Watt did it three times. Aaron Donald did it last year. Zadarius Smith is doing it this year. And that's the list. So that just gives you an indication. J.J. Watt in Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald in Defensive Player of the Year, and now Zadarius Smith 
are, are the only guys to be as disruptive in every facet as as Zadarius has been this year. And and his play has really keyed this defense. They're not giving up the big play anymore, um, and at least not at, at the same rate. And their run defense is suddenly, you know, on track. I think I was surprised when I saw Carryon Johnson is going to come back and play. It, this this smells like a Matt Patricia thing, though. They they don't want to give up, and and to your point, they haven't given up. They're not they're not just quitting in these games. They're going out and playing hard. I think that's a credit to Matt Patricia. All right, we're going to get back to our conversation in just a second, but before we do, let's talk about my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well? that you could choose any game and call it. Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action with MyBookie. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Are you tired of watching the game from the couch with nothing to gain? Well, MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back to the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your first deposit up to halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you put down $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code Locked On at MyBookie.ag because at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. All right, back to Matt. Peter, there, there was an opportunity a couple weeks ago where the Lions were not closing the window on letting Matt. Stafford back play even in these, in these meaningless games at the end of the year and carry on Johnson turns out <laughs> Stafford's been IR and and but carry on came back against Denver and you're right it is kind of interesting you know Patricia gave carry on the option if he wanted to play or not and he said he did but to me I I just hope this Sunday nothing happens and he's healthy he's had health issues going back to Auburn uh and then now two knee injuries one is a rookie last year that ended his season this year uh, he sat out seven, eight games, and now he's back. That that would be, if, if there's one thing Packers the fans could say would would you know be uh, uh, something that would scare them about this Sunday, which I don't think there's much. 
But it is a carry on Johnson. To me, you should be getting the football a lot, and that they're going to take a long look at him. They they signed Bo Scarborough off the street a few weeks ago, and he's been pretty darn good. So my guess is you'll see those two guys a lot, and those two guys in the future. Uh, but it is a little strange that a guy comes back from knee surgery, plays in the last two games for a team that has three wins, and is kind of <laughs> cashing in their chips. But it is a credit to Patricia. You've got to give him credit for one thing: he hasn't done a good job. But the guys are playing every every Sunday, and there hasn't been a game where they. They've been just absolutely throttled at all uh, this year. I guess maybe the, the game in Minnesota was the one that got away that you knew would, but again, the Lions kind of battled back. They did it this week. They led, they had a 10-0 lead and a 17-13 lead in Denver when they could have just mailed it in. So, uh, you know, to, to me, most fans here, though, Peter, are, are hoping they lose and that they can somehow see Washington upset Dallas, and boom, they move into number two for the draft and get Chase Young. That's kind of what we're talking about around here right now, which is too bad. Well, I don't like that that one bit. Uh, I don't. I don't think anyone in Green Bay wants <laughs> to see Chase Young, especially those those Badger fans who who know how good Chase Young is. Uh, if there is one thing to to worry about with Detroit, for me, as I'm looking at it, when you have a third string quarterback, and and you're the underdog, it's Week 17. You just want to play spoiler. I'm. I mean, they came out with Matthew Stafford and were running flea flickers. So I'm just. I'm thinking about. You know, right. trick plays, shot plays. Let's just take 14 shots down the field. You know, it, Kenny Galladay, I, I assume, is going to play in this game. So, t- to me, sure. that yep. is that is the scary thing for a defense that just wins an emotional game on Monday night, short week. You got to go in. You're still, you know, you're, you're fighting for playoff positioning. But we've seen often uh, teams let down in scenarios like this. And if Detroit can, can hit some shot plays, carry on Johnson gets going. I mean, there's certainly a, a path here that, that would have Packer fans a little bit nervous just because, you know, Kenny Colliday is still a really explosive, really talented receiver. Carry on, uh, carry on Johnson is a, is a very good running back, even with a third string quarterback. I mean, we have seen over the years, some, some weird things happen in this division and in this rivalry. So, to me, that would be the thing that would be concerning if you're a Packers fan. I'll say this, and I watched uh, you guys last night, of course, and um, boy, Aaron Jones, I, where is this all Lafleur or what? what what's what's turn? What's been the turnkey for Jones? Because 16 touchdowns, and you know, he was a he was a nice complimentary back. It seemed like the last mm-hmm. few years. What's going on there? How come he's been so good this year? This is the guy Packer fans saw uh, early in his career, and and his first start. He ran all over the Dallas Cowboys, and Mike McCarthy never really committed to him as the guy. They were there was still a lot of games that Jamal Williams was starting. Remember Jamal Williams, fourth round pick, Aaron Jones, fifth round pick in that same draft, and they've combined for that. You know they have a chance to combine for I think twenty five. They might even already have twenty five total touchdowns. But Aaron Jones, as as a an explosive player, we've seen a different level this year. He's he's amped up his play in the receiving game. Spent the offseason working on his hands, on his route running. So it, it, some of it is Matt LaFleur, um, that outside zone scheme. I mean, this goes back to, you know, you'll remember the the Mike Shanahan in Denver. Just put any running back back there and he's going to get 1,000 yards. I mean, that is that is the same run scheme that they're running here uh, in Green Bay. And, and they're, just not, they're just not using a lead back the way that they would have in the 90s and the early 2000s. So... Uh, he's he's split carries with Jamal Williams, but he when he touches the ball, 
I mean, we, we, we wrote about this for Acme Packing Company over at SB Nation. When, when Aaron Jones is in the game, the Packers offense by EPA, estimated points added, is like one of the top three offenses in football. And when Jamal Williams is in, they're um, an average offense. Uh, still good, but, you know, just a little bit above average. Um, so he, he has been the difference. His dynamic ability to just slash and, and find creases, his balance, his contact balance, his vision, he, is, he has grown each of the last two seasons, culminating in, in this year. And, and they, have, they have become the best red zone offense in the league by points per trip, specifically because Aaron Jones in the red zone just finds a way to get in. He just has a nose for the end zone, and they're, they're using him there. I think a lot of teams actually uh, think that you know red zone passing is the way to go, but teams who can run the ball in the red zone, and Green Bay is proof of this, they're the team that has the most success in the red zone, and Aaron Jones has been has been the big reason for it. Well, I mean, to wrap this thing up, Peter, I, I look at this on Sunday, and I, I just don't see any way the Lions win. I know it's a home game. It is a rivalry game, but with people gone on vacation and you know holiday season, uh, don't be surprised if Ford Field is 70% Packer fans. Mm. Uh, when the Cowboys came in a few weeks ago, they invaded the place. Uh you know, Tampa Bay was the last home team, uh, road team that was in here a couple weeks ago, and they, 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 you know, they don't, they don't travel like Packer fans do. Uh, I think you'll be, you know, hard pressed to find any diehard Lion. There'll be some diehard Lion fans there, but they won't be loud. It, it, this season just needs to be over. Uh, I'm not giving up on this on this organization yet. I do think there's some young pieces there, like you mentioned, Galladay and Carryon and Tracy Walker is a darn good safety, and uh, Jelani Tavai, who's injured and won't play this Sunday. Is a linebacker that I think that I think is up and coming, but uh, you know you, you hope they bring Darius Slay back. He's been a Pro Bowler three straight years, but he's mouthed off and he's he's put some tweets out there that I think the organization will like do nothing more than like to move would like nothing more than to move him, which is too bad because he's their best player. Um, but I just I think Green Bay will be focused. Saw it saw it last night with Rodgers. I heard Lafleur in the locker room after the game uh, that they're they're still focused on winning that one more and getting that one seed in a bye and. I think they'll do it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, I, I do think there's some letdown potential. Um, I, I think Detroit will come out and have have some wrinkles early on. To, to, but this defense, when we saw it on Monday, it, it, it was unrelenting and and suffocating on a really good offense for a for a third string quarterback, undrafted rookie player. I mean, this is it's not going to go well. I don't think for David Blau. And and there were audible go pack go chants. At U.S. Bank Stadium in a de facto real like a playoff game, it's supposed to be a playoff game atmosphere, and Packer fans invaded Minnesota for that game. So, in what could be just a big party, a little pre-New Year's Eve party, uh, I, I think you're right. I think uh, I think Packer fans get to Detroit. I think they win. Yeah, I think it's something like 31-14, something like that. And and um, you know we we each team goes in the offense or the offseason ultimately getting what what they want because Detroit wants to lose they want the draft pick and the Packers obviously want to win want that buy and and each team will, will have to you know figure things out from there I was wrong earlier I said 920 and 1 it's 921 and 1 now under uh, Matt Patricia but uh, Peter uh, always a pleasure brother uh, good luck with the playoff shows it'll be a lot of fun for you I appreciate it and uh, enjoy the draft talk Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest 
completion percentage other than Josh Rosen, he's just been com- uh, a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. Let's so throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I want to thank Matt again for joining the show. Our live show is tomorrow uh, on Periscope, 4 Central, 5 Eastern. Be sure to catch that. And then it's playoff time. If Green Bay wins on Sunday, there will be no game the following weekend because Green Bay will have the bye. This is this is win one game to win two. That's what this is. This is two for the price of one for Green Bay. Win this game, and you basically bank a playoff win. So that is what's at stake. Still a ton. This is a playoff game in that way. This is a playoff game for Green Bay. Win this game, and you have you have banked a playoff win. You go to the divisional round. And if anyone had told you before the year Green Bay would be hosting a playoff game on the in the divisional round of the playoffs this year, you would take it. Plain and simple, you would take it. And that is where they are. Obviously, you want to get that win. It looks like it's going to be the winner of the Saints game simply because uh, the the 4-5 matchup is going to be the NFC West loser from, from this weekend and the NFC East. And that looks like that's just going to, it's going to be a, a move-along game. And it could be a, end up being a rematch because if, if New Orleans wins and the road team wins in, in the NFC East, you could be looking at another Seattle-San Francisco game, which... Hey, look, Seattle already beat San Francisco in San Fran once, so it is not out of the question that they do that again. So even if Green Bay is the two seed, there is still very much a path to hosting the NFC Championship game at Lambeau, which only adds to the stakes of this game coming up on Sunday. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.